0: This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. <laughs> the High Regard Show. It's... Uh, medieval me- medical remedies. That's pretty awesome. Well, here, all we gotta do is pass a baby under a horse three times and we're carrying him a cold. That doctor now, He doesn't know anything.
1: Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday.
0: Hey everybody, I'm Tom,
1: and I'm Nikki,
0: and this is the High Regard Show,
1: in which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up
0: on the third floor.
1: Moving on up.
0: Oh, it don't get better than that.
1: No, sir, it doesn't.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Poor Tom's sick voice.
0: <laughs> Man, this has got to be the latest we have ever started a show like since we started this Ever. 40 what four 45 weeks ago yeah four weeks ago this is the latest one
1: because Tom is sick and if anybody who has a man at home knows when they get sick it is the end of the world
0: well oh, please <laughs> I'm not asking for any help or anything I know, like sweetie. that
1: you've been a good trooper you've just been really sick and
0: <laughs> it won't go away man Like, and I feel like at night time I'm like alright I'm going to go to sleep tonight tomorrow I'm going to wake up and this is going to all be over <laughs> and, and it just keep worse. getting worse like day <laughs> after day it just it's seriously it has gotten
1: you're like Nathan Explosion from Metalocalypse I have a summer cold is not going to be a very good show <laughs>
0: it's not going to be a good show everybody. just want to let you know front.
1: <laughs> good thing we don't have any little sick kids walking around Ain't or anything yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Nathan Explosion. <laughs> so, I mean, luckily for us and this awful sounding voice that people have to listen to this week, we have an interview to fill up time. I think you sound like time. a
1: little bit of like Wolfman Jack kind of, like you've got that gravelly voice going on.
0: Yeah, but Wolfman Jack at least had some kind of personality behind it. My personality is like, oh, where can I go and melt into something <laughs> right now? Your couch is right there for when we finish the show. And this is a horrible place to do the show because this is the last thing I want to see is the couch. <laughs> like, That's the problem with like New York City apartments is that everything is so small no matter where you are. Like, if we did it, like, in the bedroom, I'd be staring at the bed saying, I should be in the bed closing my eyes right now instead of doing the show. If sure. I were in the living room at the table doing the show, I'd look over and see the couch. Like, I should be on the couch right now instead of doing the show.
1: And if we could fit in our bathroom, if two people could fit in our bathroom at the same time, we could do it in there, but we can't.
0: If two people could fit in our bathroom at the same time, obviously we moved. Because <laughs> <laughs> this one isn't happening. <laughs> oh. So, luckily... We do have an interview this we week. We do have an interview this week. And you did an awesome job at it. Well, thank you. And
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: Thank God, because seriously, if this was going to be just me and you talking this whole time, I would turn it off at this point. <laughs> because-
1: <laughs> well, then it's a good thing that maybe it should be time for a yard.
0: <laughs> Let's go right into that then. <laughs>
1: So this week's You Heard comes to us from 149th Street in St. Nick And it's an exchange that I heard between a mother and her son Who looked about like 11, 12, maybe even like 15 Like he was like maybe a teen He said I don't understand why you can't give me $100. And she says, I don't have no $100. <laughs> and as I'm sitting there, like, just walking up the street, I'm just, like, laughing to myself because I'm, like, that's, like, a kind of, like, a more blatant kid thing. Like, when I was asking my parents for money, I'd kind of, like, smooth it out a little bit and, like, kind of hide it in there. This kid just came right out there. and I f- And I feel that, you know, that kind of suited this week's show because... Of our subject matter that we're going to be talking about after your heard ends.
0: Oh, is your heard ended, or should we continue at your heard? I think we're done. <laughs> oh, let's just press the button and play the music then. <laughs> All right, next segment. One down, one a couple more to go. <laughs> <laughs> this sucks, man, and it's not fair. It's totally not fair because I was so excited for this particular show.
1: I know you were. Why? Because we went to see it. We went to see this show, and you were—we really had a good time. Um, we this week we interviewed Carrie McCrossin who created um, Milp, Moms I'd Like to Portray, for the UCB Theater in Chelsea. And we got to go see her show a few weeks ago. And we got to, like, just enjoy and laugh at just how funny it was. And then we got to interview her like very early the next morning, which was, like, really, really fun, you know? And we got to talk about, you know... (laughs)
0: For you, because you (laughs) work overnight, so you were awake. (laughs) She wasn't.
1: (laughs) She was. She (laughs) was. (laughs) So it was, like, you know, it was really cool to talk to her about the show that she did for UCB and her history with UCB and kind of like what she plans to do with the show for the future um so here's our interview with Carrie McCrossan who created Milp Moms. I'd Like to Portray for UCB Theater
0: look at you taking control of this show
1: I kind of like it like I'm actually like you not having a voice is giving me a <laughs> voice like every other woman in the world <laughs> <laughs>
0: first we get like a first woman presidential nominee and then it's like just you rambling along on the podcast will it never is there no limit to like what your gender could do
1: <laughs> there's not you'd be surprised
0: i actually would so let's play that tape
1: roll that mean footage <laughs>
2: okay, Carrie. Hello. thanks so much for talking to the High Guard show today. yeah, thanks for having me. yeah, we went to the show last night at u c b um so can you start by telling us a little bit about how the idea for m i l p came from <laughs> um well i uh i you know I had been interested in doing a solo show maybe for a while, but I didn't just want to do a solo show. For the sake of a solo show, um, and then it, I had this uh, this idea that I uh, well, it, I, I guess the the first um, idea for it came that I was just auditioning for a lot of mom roles, and I started to sort of notice that trend and go like, what? <laughs> and it had been going on for a while. I started um, like very young. I was auditioning for a lot of mom roles, and I thought wouldn't be so fun if that's what the show was. And then I kind of went a little bit deeper, and uh, the show involves a lot of like my own fears around motherhood. But that's where mm-hmm. sort of the um, the idea for each of the characters started with a little kernel of oh no, what if this is a thing? <laughs> um, and then I tried to like you know build around that. Uh, so really, that yeah, that's what it is—a combination of fear and uh, noticing an actual trend in my career. <laughs> And what is your biggest fear about motherhood? Like, if you had to pick one thing, what would it be? Oh, my God, there are so many. Um, <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think, yeah, just not being in control of a of a thing that you make. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah, I think that the best of it is, you know, you, you want the best for your kids and you have to at some point step back and allow them to make their own choices. I think that's the moment where it starts to become truly terrifying. Um, But, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) And once you, you know, you got the kernel for the show, how long did it take you, you know, to develop it into the polished, you know, show that we saw last night? Uh, Kind of a long time. And I think, I don't know, I would say for... uh, we do a comedy show, I think it does kind of take a long time. Maybe there are people out there who do that faster than me, and I'm jealous of them. Uh, but it took kind of a while. Uh, from the time, I mean, I started writing some of those pieces maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, a lot of them, you know, there were pieces that didn't make it into the show. There were moms that uh, fell by the wayside. There were, and then there, there were pieces that changed dramatically in the you know, in subsequent shows. And a lot of the pieces I would, you know, would go and try out at other places. You know, I'd do them mm-hmm. at a live show and see how they were received and try to, you know, tweak them and work on them from there. And then, you know, I also got feedback from my director, Hunter Nelson, who is wonderful, and from the artistic director of the theater, Shannon McNeil, who also had a lot of really great feedback to offer when I started showing it at UCB. So, okay a uh collaboration. <laughs> <laughs> and were any of the characters, you know, besides being based on some of your fears, were they based on people that you actually know? No, no, I don't think any of them were. Um, no, I don't think any of them were. I guess. Wow, that's interesting. That is, I guess, <laughs> not something that inspired inspired me. I'm trying to think about uh, in, in stuff that I've written in general. I don't think that it comes. It comes more from, like, the idea of a character trait than an actual, okay. than, like, you know, te- teasing or parodying an actual type of person that I know, okay. I think. <laughs> All right. And which of, you know, the 16 moms that you portrayed would you say is the closest to, like, the real Carrie? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, which one do you identify closest with? Oh, boy. Uh, well, I mean, you, you've seen the show, so the, the structure of the show, there is, like, the, the Carrie McCrossan persona who presents mm-hmm. the show. And that is a little bit close to me. That's, like, a slightly unflattering version of myself, an actress <laughs> who, like, really, really wants to, a sort of self-centered actress who really wants uh, to be successful. and um, So I think that definitely has some, uh, we definitely have a lot in common. And I guess <laughs> the other moms... Um, I would probably say boy i there are definitely there, I, I have connections with all of them, but I think uh the mom who realizes that she has a house to herself and has to pack in a lot of uh wants to pack in a lot of stuff, including home repair and having <laughs> sex with her husband and all that I think that is very much uh something that I would do i I You know, I don't have kids, but when I have any moment of free time, I try to pack it way too much so that I can right. order, actually enjoy myself. Uh, so I would say that is uh, something that, yeah, that's, that's pretty close <laughs> to me. Yes, yeah. you have to enjoy those moments when you can get them. for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of my, my favorite parts was, you know, the voicemails from your mom because they were hilarious and so similar to the type of calls I get from my own mother. How do yeah. you feel about being such a big part of the show? Um, I think she likes it. I think so. She hasn't seen she saw the show when it was in a sort of a different state. She saw it like uh, while it was in progress and it wasn't quite its current state. So, um mm-hmm. and uh I think she really liked being a part of it. I think she's able to laugh at herself and I I think she understands what is funny about her voicemails. <laughs> but uh, for anybody who hasn't seen the show, I'll just say that they're sort of like these stream of consciousness um, messages that almost it almost feels like I have picked up the phone and she's talking to me, but I haven't. <laughs> they're just voicemails, um, and they always the I always love them. Um, they're so funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think she knows that I'm doing it out of love. I, I'm not doing it, like, to make fun of her. They're just so sweet earnest. I didn't edit them at all. I just put them up in their exact state. Like, they're just so funny. Um, but she, my poor mother, um, this is sort of a sad story, but she came to New York to try to see my show, um, last month or maybe, on, whenever I when, when, I think it was the first show. Um, and she broke her arm coming from, the airport oh no terribly at at JFK yeah and so she was unable to come uh it it was like pretty she's still she's fine she's recovering she didn't have to get surgery or anything but she oh my god she just like was coming too fast and she broke her arm um and I spent I spent most of the day with her in the ER and then I had to uh I left her home while I did my show my husband was here so she was fine um but uh she kept saying all day that she she was going to come. So now they've got her on pain medication, and she's just talking and just saying, like, well, I came here to see your show, and I've got to see your show, and there's no way that I'm not going to come and see it. And I'm just going to put myself in a cab and blah, blah, blah. And she's saying this while she's in a wheelchair in the ER, and she's got to <laughs> sling around her. And I was like, sure, Mom. Okay, Mom. And I just was thinking to myself, God, this is so perfectly true to your character for my show. I wish that I could be. There would be nothing better than including this, but uh, I, I, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if a uh, voicemail would have been, uh, like, having her call you would have been kind of a good thing Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, can't, I couldn't really capitalize on her terrible injury, but... Uh, um, oh, my God. Yeah. She's doing better now and planning another trip to come back and attempt to see it again. Well, yeah. <laughs> good. Again, hopefully, you know, catastrophe-free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, in MILK, um, you know, Modern Families' Carrie Bowen is portrayed as, you know, this evil overlord of on-screen moms. Um, You know, so aside from Claire Dunphy, who do you think is, you know, the perfect movie or TV mom? Hmm. Um, I don't know. That's something that, like, is so interesting to me, how we have, um, like, the portrayals of mom in, in shows and in media, like. She's, she's a pretty good example. She's so beautiful. And I think Julie Bowen is like very talented and funny <laughs> and warm. And, um, she, uh, moms in general on television, I feel like you could choose a lot. There are a lot of qualities that you could list that would be true for a lot of moms on a lot of shows. They're oftentimes really gorgeous, um, really fun a lot of times now they're quirky. They're sort of mm-hmm. like the one person that's holding it all together in their family. Right. And, uh, you know, they, you, you, also, they're ultimately warm, but they ultimately point out, you know, whatever else it doing? is like silly or funny. And mom is the right. one there, you, you know? Uh, so I'm sure I think, I don't know who else, um, it's sort of like iconic that, that you know, from Donna Reed to, uh, you know, prayer huxtable to whoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Julie Bowen now. I don't know. Um, I'm not really answering your question. Am I? That's <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. That's all right. <laughs> we can move um, on. No, I mean, uh, I mean, I list some other actresses in the show. Um, mm-hmm. Annie Britton and Patricia Heaton and, um, yeah. I, Lauren Graham Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think to me it was less of a, like, one specific iconic mom character and more like the type of similarities that I noticed across the board and also the similarities that I noticed in the roles that I was auditioning for with the mom who has a wry smile and is holding it all together (laughs) and is, uh, uh, yeah, something with more of that trend that I, was reacting to in, in the show. Um and poor Julie Bowen, like I you know, I have never ha- I have nothing bad to say about her in real life. She's <laughs> him, so like uh a totally arbitrary uh choice for the Hollywood gatekeeper of mom actors in my uh in my show. Okay, great. And you know, you have a few more shows um at uh the U C B, you know, do you have any plans for you no know, beyond that? Um not uh, not really a couple i guess um i I just definitely know I have some show dates in august at u c b um oh, one of them August fourth and twenty fifth uh at UCB, Chelsea. uh and then after that i I don't know it's possible that the run could go a little bit longer if um you know if we continue to have good houses and you know mm-hmm. people like it um but other than that, I would probably. You know, probably try to take the show to UCBLA. That's something Mm -hmm. um, that a lot of people do with their shows. I'd love to have the opportunity to perform it out there for friends and you know colleagues and whoever to come. Um, And then I there's definitely one of the one of the pieces in the show uh, that I would like to make a little video clip of, and that's the cooking show, Mom. I think that Mm -hmm. it would be um, I think it would be suited for. or on camera, and I would like to shoot that. Uh, but other than that, I I don't really. I, the show was really specifically developed for UCB. I thought it would do well with UCB audience. Mm-hmm. It's a comedy show, and I um, I think it sort of lives there. Um, at, when it's over, I will. It will be on to other projects. I think. Um, Yeah, new characters, new solo pieces, and, you know, I write a lot of other stuff, too, that's not Mm -hmm. stage shows, so um, there's always a bunch of projects in the pipeline. That makes it sound very fancy. It's not fancy (laughs) at all. It's just like me writing in a room, (laughs) uh, trying to collaborate with different people that I love, so that's how it goes. All righty, and, you know, how long have you been part of UCB? Mm, Kind of a while now. I took my first class around this time in August of 2009 and I was in retrospect I it was like a little slow to take all of my classes like I took the improv, this was an improv class uh, in August mm-hmm. 2009 I took them sort of slowly I let months go by in between um, because I didn't see this happening, I didn't see myself getting totally swept up into mm-hmm. the world um, at, at ECB uh, so I took the classes kind of slowly, and then I don't really remember when I finished, but by the time I had finished the core classes, you know, you take 101 through 401, by that time I was just totally hooked, and I loved improv so much that I was doing it, you know, three to five times a week, and, you know, had had it just became a little love affair. Um, and then I, you know, auditioned for Teams. Now I teach classes. I teach improv. Um, oh, wow. That's awesome. And... and yeah, and perform there multiple times every week and I I just love it. I uh yeah, I didn't see I, at the time I did not see comedy as being something um as being a home for me or being something that I would spend so much time doing. Sure. Uh it was really improv that was the way and, and I also I wasn't really writing a lot. I was I came to this from a theater background. I was auditioning for shows and sort of waiting for People to give me opportunities, <laughs> kind of how I <laughs> used to see it when I started doing improv. It was like, oh, I can be making opportunities for myself. I could maybe be writing, and it sort of opened a lot of doors for me. And uh really, really grateful for uh the experience that I had at, at UCB. Awesome. Like, Have you been to no? Do you go? Do you go there often? You're based in New York. Do you go to two mm-hmm. shows there? No, this was actually my first time going to, to UCB. No, um, Nikki, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah, I, saw that. <laughs> I know, definitely. We thought we were like, look, we stayed for um, you know, the show after yours, and you know that it, it was great, and yeah, um, yeah. my co. My co-host, who, um, you know, who couldn't be on this interview right now because he's actually at work, um, he uh-huh. has been taking some comedy classes and stuff, and, you know, he's oh. considering taking, like, improv and everything, so it was really cool to see, you know, kind of how it's presented and, and things like that. So
0: we're yeah. definitely going
2: to be going back, you know. It's going to be yeah. it, it was a really cool experience. Oh, that's great. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I also, you, you would probably love to talk to, you know, to uh and in maybe talk to some improvisers, too, on your show. It would be so um, unique, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, like, can you are you able to discuss, you know, the process kind of of, like, how a skit, you know, gets presented? Like, is that something that you're able to discuss? You know, kind of how, like, hey, I have this idea for MILP, and, like, I've been working on this, you know, I'd love to, like, do it. You know, is there a certain process that you have to follow to get that, the process that UCD, you, you mean? yeah like the process of like you know from the idea that you had working on it and everything, and then being able to present it yeah. to an audience yeah um yeah um, most of the information is on their u c d website, but yeah I'm happy to. Oh. like it's um it's pretty it's actually pretty open anyone can submit a it's called a spank, anyone can submit a spank, which is a twenty five minute so I hope I'm getting know. all this right. So if I'm wrong, you'll have to have people go on their <laughs> website. Right, we'll check but it. you submit. Uh, you submit the. Ideally, you submit the whole script or at least like a treatment and script. And there's mm-hmm. a couple of other questions that you have to answer about who your creative team would be and et cetera, As your and why you want to do the show. Um, and you submit that. And uh, I think it's rolling. So you can submit it at any time. And then UCB will take a look at it and see if they think it would be a good fit. And if they do, they will give you a date at the theater. This is all, like, totally amazing. Um, Yeah. You don't have to be – I don't believe you have to be a student, but I do think that it helps your uh, submission if there are names on it that have some sort of UCB uh, biography already. Um, Because I think that they do get a lot of submissions. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if they're interested in the project, you basically you get the opportunity to workshop it. You get the opportunity to present it at this theater, and the artistic director will come. And if she can't come, she'll make a tape of it. But usually she comes it's pretty incredible, uh, watches it live, and then, you know, they'll sort of tell you this is either, you know, oh, this is perfect, let's give it a run starting tomorrow, or which I think it's <laughs> sort of you know, less likely, uh, but I'm sure that happens. Uh, or, or they'll, she'll take a look at it and say, like, oh, okay, I, I see potential here. I'd like to, uh, give you a couple notes and have you bring it back and see if, uh, we can get it a little closer to stage ready, which is what happened with mine. Or she might watch it and just say, like, oh, this is great, but it's, I don't think it's gonna have, right. uh, I don't think it's gonna fit here. And so, um, it's sort of, it's sort of cool. I mean, you, you put a lot of resources into your own show, but if you get, uh, if you, If it is something that fits at the theater, then you get a lot of support in putting it up and publicizing it and, you know, you get a home for it, which is really great. Right. That's awesome. You know, and it seems like just just from what we've experienced in the comedy world the last few months, you know, it seems like it's such a – like. Almost like, um, like a collective, like people are very open to, you know, working with each other and, you know, supporting each other. And that's like a really cool thing, especially these days when it seems like we're so divided on everything else. <laughs> oh, I know. No, it really, I really, I really do think that it is that way. Um, everybody that I, all of my friends in the community have so many projects going on and and are so willing and excited to work with other people, get feedback from other people, um, integrate other people's ideas into their pieces. And even more so, like, you know, doing theater and, and living in that world, I feel like you, even more so in comedy are the, uh, are your title and job descriptions sort of blurred a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it. Sometimes that can present its challenges. It's like you you know, on your sketch team, you as a as a performer or actor, you might pitch ideas for a character that a writer then takes and writes up uh a uh, writes mm-hmm. script for. And you you realize that like, oh, you had an you had a hand in generating this idea and now it's become another person's job to write and now mm-hmm. you have people people's uh you know, the half of who's doing which job are real are really um, overlapping. The um, hat? Why did I say that? You don't have to be a writer. But um, <laughs> you, mean, okay? Um, <laughs> yeah, but but it is really collaborative, and I like that. Um, and I I sort of prefer working in that way, um, where you can. Uh, I think that would be unheard of for an actor to uh, suggest a line change or something in a right. the theater script or sort of anywhere. Uh, but I like that um, in comedy, there's a little bit of, it's, it's less precious. People are willing to try stuff and offer stuff, and right. it gets shut down. It's just kind of like, okay, cool, uh, whatever. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I do think it's a really vibrant uh, community. I think it's a really exciting time to be. Um, it, I think that the comedy community now attracts a lot of people who, uh, at least my experience of it, and you know, that's, I will say largely UCB. I have, I've done shows at some of the other Improv Theaters, uh, which are great. Um, and I, but I can't speak as much to those communities because sure. I don't spend as much time there. Uh, but it, uh, it seems to attract people who really want to work hard mm-hmm. and like working with other people. And right. that's great. And finally, because I think I've taken up a lot of your time this morning, it's too early for that for you. <laughs> Um, can you just, you know, give me um, – just talk a little bit about your upcoming short film for Maya, which is set to make festival rounds next month. You know, just talk a little bit about how that film came about. Um, yeah, uh, sort of in line with what I was talking about. This was a um, myself and my co-writer, Cassia Miller, who um, is now – she lives in New York. She's now moved to L.A. She's writing for our show, um, which is very cool. Um, we the, the project came up because we we knew she was moving and we wanted to work together on a project before she left and we just kind of cleared out a chunk of time and said, let's make something together. Um, and that was, yeah, just the spirit of our friendship, wanting to, wanting to make a project together. Um, this is where the whole idea came from. I know. Um, yeah. And so we decided to make this short. We, um, sort of through ourselves in a room and wrote the thing together. Um, it was the easiest, it's one of the easiest collaborations I have ever had. Everything, I've just been bragging about it constantly. <laughs> anything that either of us wanted, anything that needed to be done, one one of us would, you know, volunteer to do, and it, it just went so smoothly. And we got um, Alex Fisher on board to direct. He is wonderful and just had a really, like, great understanding and sense of the Piece that we wanted to make. Um, for Maya is about two friends who, um, are set to run a marathon for charity the following morning and they check into a hotel and they're, you know, getting ready and carving up. Uh, and the, the charity is, uh, to raise money for us. They have a friend who has a disease. Um, so they're raising money for a friend. It's a good cause, but they end up staying up all night and talking about themselves and going through discussions of mortality and um, and all sorts of things uh, picking moles to see if they might be uh, dangerous uh, and yeah so um, I, I don't I won't spoil anything it's a short film I won't spoil anything right uh, but yeah they spend the whole night talking and I think that uh, it's about friendship and it's about women talking about mortality which is kind of Cool. Um, we don't spend the whole time talking about men. The film passes the Bechdel test. Oh, good, uh, good. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. And yeah, hope, uh, we have uh, we're to be a part of the Brooklyn Comedy uh, Short Festival in August, and also the Holly Shorts Festival out in L. A. And I'm hoping that I can mean, arrange a trip to get out there and see it premiere out there. Well, awesome well i watched the clip on the website it looks really really funny so i can't wait you know, you know um, to hopefully make it to the comedy fest uh here in in brooklyn in brooklyn um, yeah yeah that's definitely right. yeah definitely so you know again thank you so much for talking to the high regard show you know we really appreciate it and we really love the show so we wish you the best of luck thanks again thank you thanks for coming all right have a great day thank you. Thank you. No,
0: And see, this is what I feel like, like the way you like automatically went into like the whole interview, which was great, by the way. Again, I'm going to say thank you for doing that this week.
1: I love that. That's like my contribution. You do all the heavy lifting. I just do all the talking.
0: I personally would have liked a chance to have talked to Carrie because I really did like the show. And I've never been to a, you know, a UCB show before.
1: Right. Yeah. And it was really cool to be there.
0: And I swear I passed it like a hundred million times over the years. And every time I see it, I was like going, oh, it's, I always thought of it as just like a comedy club. I didn't realize there was just so much more to it than just being, yeah, you know, just a plain old, I mean, comedy clubs, there's not really like a lot of, you know, I would say, um, there's not a lot of spectrum in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. When you go to one, like, you know what you're getting. You're going there for a comedy show and that's about it. Where the UCB show is more like sketch comedy. Like right. I, and I feel like in a way there's, like, a lot more involvement needed for something like that. because you Like gotta, on the
1: person who's doing it. Absolutely. And, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, you have
0: to, like, not only just deliver the joke, but you have to also act the joke out.
1: Right, and keep everybody, like, entertained, and, like, that was such a, that was, like, what was so charming about Carrie was, that like, she just, like, you couldn't not watch because it was, like, like, I know, like, being at a comedy show, sometimes, like, your your brain kind of is just, like, okay, like, this joke is, like, either over my head or I don't agree with it, so, like, you kind of, like, zone out sometimes, like, during a bit or something, but, like, this, like, you're watching and it was just, you know, like, you couldn't take your eyes off of it because you wanted to see, like, you know, she did, 16 moms in 25 minutes, like the 16 moms that she wanted to portray, which I think is like really, really funny. So it was like to see how like that was going to progress. You're like, is she going to get through them all? And of course, like I was taking notes. So I was like keeping track of like, she, like oh, she's, she's cutting it. She's cutting dick, She's cutting it close. No but then it was really funny how she like kind of tied it all together with like a song. I said, so that was like really, really funny.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's strange also like looking at it. Cause I think when people go to like, you know, one of the other clubs in the city. You know, it's just a person who's up there delivering, and nothing really has to like. It doesn't really have to all match up. Mm-hmm. Where here, it's a story from start to finish.
1: Right. It's like a. It's almost like a sh- like a TV show you're watching. Like it has.
0: Yeah, it's like a, it's like a play basically. Yeah. So you can't like you know take an act off and then jump back into it again. So I think automatically you're kind of like invested in it like right from the sure, start. Sure, yeah. So, as I mean, I guess as long as you like the people. I mean, we saw two shows that, that mm-hmm. night actually. They were both great.
1: Yeah, like and I just, like I find the whole world of like improv and I think it's like something that I should definitely, like I know we've talked about like, you know, me kind of taking something comedy-like just to like, you know, hone skills and things like that. But, I'm petrified of being on stage like I absolutely like I freeze in front of people I hate talking in front of people like a crowd and stuff like that but like improv to me is so fascinating because I love the fact that like it teaches you how to like roll with whatever's going on you know like just anything that it's going to throw out at you which I think comes in handy in so many things Mm -hmm. you know because it's like I think it's kind of like the proverbial like George Costanza thing where it's like He's driving home from like that meeting that he had in like Cleveland or wherever it was. And he was like, ah, the jerk store called and they ran out of you. Like you come up with like the perfect comeback. But like it's always way after the fact. Right. You know, so I just think that like it really is something that could like teach people how to like.
0: Speed up their process. Yes. (laughs) I see what you did there. Oh, did I do something? I didn't even realize. (laughs) No. And, and, you know, um, I also think that like. With the improv stuff, um, it we usually get to see the polished versions of it. Like if you watch like whose line is it anyway or something along the lines of that, or you know, in, in a situation like this, like um, Carrie's Show wasn't so much improv as much as it was like you know something that was polished and thought out, yeah. like a like a like a um, like a again a small play, mm-hmm. um, you know. If you watch something like Whose Line Is It Anyway, which is when I think of Upright Citizens Brigade, for whatever reason, I think of that show. F- and I don't know why. Because, I mean, like I said, I've never been at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater before. Right. But I automatically think, like, improv, something like that. I'm thinking people yelling, shouting out, like, names, and then them acting it out. Yeah. And you always see these, like, um, you know, these actors on stage, and they're killing it, like, every time. And you're like, how can someone think that fast? And it's like, there's no way that can really happen unless, am, am I that slow? Are you that slow? Is everybody we know that slow? <laughs> maybe. And you're like, yeah, and you're like, oh, maybe these are just the best of the best. That's why they're on TV. It makes sense, yeah. right? And then you got what we saw last night on Roastmasters, where the dude from- oh, B- Roast, Battle. Roast, Roast Battle. Roast Battle. We saw, um, who were the two, I forgot the two people who it roasted. It was
1: like Steven something, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he was Kevin on the League-
0: against some other guy. Yeah,
1: against like some guy we've never seen before.
0: But I mean these are supposed to be professional people. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like you know the one guys like on a TV show like every week you would think that he's like a comedy person like doing this for a living and
1: but but being a comedian is different than being someone who improvs or roast because i think like a roast is kind of a, a tune to improv more than being comedian because like a comedian as you know like you go up there and you have a pretty bi- not basic but like you have a pretty like finely drawn outline where like you're gonna stick to that pretty much no matter what where yeah. like improv <laughs> you go out there and you're just kind of or like a roast battle i mean like it seemed like they did have a lot of stuff prepared definitely but like they said like they <gasps> They made a point to say that he um, like he'd never done a roast battle before, but he thought that he could handle it because he'd been a comedian, which like, you know, I would think that you would be able to do that, too, because you have to handle heckles, hecklers and stuff like that. But like, yeah, he he floundered on his very first like and never recovered. Yeah.
0: Like it just went downhill from there. And you're kind of like, man, it takes a special skill. In order to do something like to think that fast and throw things out like that quickly, even with preparation and knowing, because you know who you're going against, like one of those roles. Yeah, so you could reach, like you
1: could research something about them and stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Oh, epic fail. That's why, like, (laughs) and I know that night when we saw the show, when we saw Carrie's show, like at the UCB, um, when we were watching it, I was like, man, to go out there as like a lone person and not have anybody backing you up
1: yeah because it was essentially a one-woman show like she had like a co-star come out a little like for a skit like a A portion like yeah like he was not part of it for like very long so like she basically was carrying the entire show
0: yeah and and it also reminded me of like and I was like man it's like a lot to memorize and a lot to pull off you know I mean it's it's I mean even people who are good at memorization I would think after a while you're gonna like slip up at some point Mm -hmm. we watched uh How many hours of David Gilmore today as we like sat on the couch and I felt like dying? Yeah. And, you know, David Gilmore was saying that he has to like write down the lyrics to shine on. Because he can't remember it, and yeah. he even asked a, the young guitarist on stage to start the songs.
1: Yeah, just so he could like refresh his memory, because he's like, I can't keep all of this in my head.
0: Right, and that song has <laughs> been like, around you, for like forty years. Like, that you, you wrote the song. Hard. Like
1: it's like one of the most. Like it, you're one of the most well known bands in the world, and you're like. But I always, like that's something that's always fascinating to me. Like when I, because I've talked to a lot of musicians, and it's like, how do you remember? But it's like, how do I remember songs like that I listened to in high school, and I could still sing them, you know, verbatim? Like it's just, I think you just, you know, it gets ingrained in you.
0: Yeah, but but he ha- but the point is he had somebody to fall back oh, on. Oh yeah. And he is, you know, he's David Gilmore, yeah. and he, you know, been doing this for forty years, <laughs> and he's looking at somebody to fall back on, where somebody like Carrie goes out, and it's kind of like, who do you fall back if you forget a line? There's your speed bump, man. Yeah. you stopped until you remember the line. Like, there's nowhere for you to hide when you're out there alone.
1: Yeah. And she, and she did not have, there were no speed bumps. Like,
0: no, it was no. Brilliant. She
1: just smooth sailing, man. It was really, really cool to see.
0: It was very cool. Yeah. I and, mean, like, she was awesome, um, you know, during the show. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you know, during the interview, she was great with you, too. So. I mean, it was all
1: around
0: good. Well, thank you. It's just a love fest. It was just Just a a love fest. just
1: a love fest. (laughs) It was like Bubba and the Balloons at the DNC.
0: (laughs) Oh, don't make fun of that guy. (laughs) Keep telling you, once he builds his man cave, we all might get an (laughs) invite.
1: (laughs) So, um, Carrie McCrossin's MILP, Moms I'd Like to Portray, is going to play uh, Thursday, August 4th. And Thursday, August 25th at the UCB Theater, um, which is on... Hold on, let me get the address.
0: (laughs) Okay, you do that.
1: It's at 307 West 26th Street in New York. So it's right there in the heart of Chelsea, right behind Christine's Grocery Store.
0: Remember when he almost became mayor, that guy?
1: I don't think he almost became mayor. Well,
0: well, he tried to do mayor.
1: He was in the running. Like, I wouldn't say he almost. Like, I think he was, like, in the back half.
0: I feel like considering, like, who became mayor, anybody can run for mayor at this point in time. Like, I feel like I can, like, run for mayor. Maybe you should. I don't know if I can. I have a summer cold. (laughs) (laughs) It's asking a lot.
1: Well, we just want to say thanks again to Carrie McCrossin for talking to the High Regard Show. And if you do get a chance to go um, this Thursday or on the twenty fifth, I highly recommend it because it's a really good time. It's such it's it's a lot of fun, so you should totally check her out. And it's so cheap. Yeah, like it was like five bucks and it's just like (laughs) it's it's such a good time like it's something like just and there was a lot of people there and like everybody just seemed like so into it and it was just nice to be with like a crowd of people who wanted to be out and enjoyed being out and just like wanted to laugh because like everybody was laughing because like of course I was snooping around the audience like I always do.
0: Yeah, but that's what we do now. I mean ever since we started the comedy thing, we've been going there and like basically taking the temperature of every place we go now. And it
1: just seems like people who went to this show. we're way more open than people who went to like some of the comedy places that we've seen
0: oh my god yeah Yeah. I mean like we've talked about like comedy's on like this weird decline with this current state of the country we're in right now where people are going to comedy clubs and not laughing they're just sitting there and I don't know what the hell they're doing man (laughs) I feel like comedy clubs are turning into old man bars (laughs) old
1: man bars yeah
0: you know you just go there and you drink and then you're like leaving and you're like oh what did I do that for (laughs) What was I thinking? So who would be your favorite mom? Like if you had to pick a favorite TV mom. Because I I mean, I feel like that was one of the questions that I really liked that you gave to her. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, that was, you know, I think my question. That
1: wasn't your question? Did I ask you to pass on?
0: I think I did ask you to ask that. Okay,
1: you can take credit for it. Because you're sick. Okay. Because you're sick off.
0: All right, so I came up with that question. Anyway, it was brilliant, I thought. She didn't really answer it. Um, she skated around it because I guess, you know, when you're in a mom union, you can't really like pick favorites. It's kind of like when you're doing comedy, you can't pick out your favorite comedy club because, you know, there's a million and you can't pick one. I'm sure.
1: Um, you know, I think like, I think today, like Carrie Bowen is such a like TV mom. Like she's the mom that I think like a lot of people would like, like we, like I personally look back on like Roseanne and Claire Huxtable because like. Like Roseanne like we you know like our house was a comfortable house like you know it wasn't like you know the shithole that like Roseanne and her family lived in it was just like a house where you lived like you could sit on anything you could put your feet up you could just like live in this house and then Claire Huxtable when I got in trouble my mom was Claire. Like she mm. like you were like you were frightened when Claire like steeled herself up and like ga- like you knew that you were in trouble when like Claire Huxtable was like putting her face on, you know and that's kind of like how my mom was. like my mom was very loving, but then it was like, oh shit, she's the one we're afraid of. Mm. you know so yeah. like I think like Claire Huxtable would definitely be like like a a really good TV mom. and you know, like Roseanne because it was just like it was real.
0: Yeah, definitely. I could see your mom like Roseanne, for sure. Like, for you, I could see that reality.
1: <laughs> like, she just, like, I don't know, it was just, like, the real, like, because it wasn't, like, the Donna Reed's and the, like, moms of the past, like, where everything is perfect and, you know, the the, what's her name, like harriet like you know ozzy and harriet where it was like oh, yeah. i'm gonna wear my pearls and everything's perfect and i have the casserole on the table like no no that's because,
0: unrelatable yeah. to us though because by that time like especially you like that was gone like that that whole you know scenario of wholesomeness in america was gone man they yeah. didn't have that
1: and i'm like i think i'm more like when i when i think about me like as a mom i'm like you know the mom that's seamless is for almost every meal
0: and <laughs> like yeah but you're providing food yeah, so So it's just the way things are. You're done welcome, now. Tyler Durden. That's right.
1: <laughs> Little Tyler Durden.
0: We're trying to figure out a segment for her.
1: We are, yeah. We want to incorporate her into the show, but she's just she could there's the chance that she could be a turd out here.
0: She chances are she will. And we'll know who she'll take after because seriously there are days where I look at you and I'm like, seriously, at least week forty four, you're still not talking into the microphone? <laughs> And and Tyler has microphone issues from the past. She does. She has a lot of microphone issues. And we can't wait to share
1: them. We can't wait. We'll save them for, you know, when she comes on so we can embarrass her.
0: Yeah, and I feel like we have enough stories with her. that it would just be so. I feel like we could just sit her in a chair and have her say, hello. And then like, (laughs) (laughs) and then start telling like a story about her. And then she would just look and just make a face, like, thinking everybody in the world could see her. <laughs> like, they're all just, like, looking at her and seeing, like, whatever face she's making, like, <laughs> like all upset.
1: Indeed. Indeed. It'll be fun. It'll be fun for sure.
0: <laughs> and it was her idea, too, in a way, because she was like, oh, I could do something on the show. And I'm like, well, we could come up with something for you to do yeah. on the show. I'm like, so present something to us and we'll do it. And then immediately I was like, oh, I know what... I, what story I would bring up if I had you on the show for the first one and then she goes really what is it and then I was like I'm not telling you I want to like
1: blindside, blindside her. you, you want to blindside monster her. yeah I was like I want
0: to <laughs> blindside you with it so that like, you surprise me, get a natural reaction for the audience and then she proceeded to list like three things that was not the thing that I was thinking of and I'm like you are an easy target kid. Okay, man you're gonna be fun <laughs> so, so we'll see what happens
1: we'll see
0: all right I mean, I noticed was not a long show tonight. I was going to do like a did you know, but
1: in lieu of a did you know, I have something our friends at Shark Party Media would like us to, you know, promote on their behalf. And we definitely would stand behind um, this event that they're asking us to promote for them. Um, it takes place on Monday, August 1st at Baby's All Right in Brooklyn, uh, which is in Williamsburg. And it's. <laughs> with a name
0: like Babies All Right, is it in Williamsburg? I would have never have guessed.
1: You have to bring your like unicycle and like whatever they call that big bike with the big wheel, like whatever that bike is called, uh, that tricycle.
0: <laughs> yeah, and your and your your luxury sedan uh, <laughs> stroller that's like you know fourteen people long.
1: <laughs> but this, um, you know, all kidding aside, um, this event that takes place on Monday, August first, starts at six p.m. at Babies All Right in Williamsburg. Um, it it's Called it's, it's a campaign that's being held, uh, that's being led by Recall Persky campaign um, chairperson Michelle Dauber, who is a law professor at Stanford University. And, you know, you might, remember, you might recall the name a little bit. Um, judge Persky is the judge who gave white convicted rapist Brock Turner a very extremely lenient bullshit um, sentence for raping, you know, the Stanford student um, behind a dumpster. Yes. so uh this event is you know to raise funds to have him removed from you know like have him disbarred and you know recall him from being a judge and it's going to feature feature musical performances by madame gandhi the skins the new tarot edith pop and a set by dj Night Doll. tickets are 25 in advance and 30 dollars at the door i uh, will have a link in this week's show description to you know uh you know all the event details and it's being um <laughs> it's being put on uh, by Girl Cult, which is G R L C V L T, which took me a little while to figure out what it was. You literally
0: took that was like probably the longest part of the prep time. Yeah, it was seriously was, was yeah you trying to figure out how to I was sound like, out wait, Girl do I? Cult? I don't
1: want to like. It's like a secret society. It's a feminist secret society, and Not you know we just about <laughs> we it. just outed it. Um, you know, but it's a you know it's a fundraising partnership with a campaign to unseat Judge Aaron Persky. So um, you know definitely check it out. August first, six p.m. It's f- definitely definitely for a good cause.
0: That should have been this week's Did You Know, almost.
1: Well, like I said, like, in lieu of Did You Know, like, so...
0: you should have been like, did you know that this guy is still a judge, and we're a bunch of fuck-ups and for <laughs> allowing this to actually happen? That should have been this week's Did You Know. And just, did you know
1: that this is bullshit, like...
0: <laughs> yeah, and then just go right into the music, and then we could have been like, going, oh, we got all our segments hit, and everything's cool, Well, we didn't, so... We don't know what the hell's Because cool. we're not experts. I don't know what's going on Yeah, right now. and
1: you're, like, falling asleep anyway, so... Oh, God. Maybe this will be the show that I get the last word. I doubt it, though. Let's see what happens. We're getting close. We're getting close.
0: (laughs) I'll turn your microphone off. Oh, yeah, I'll bet.
1: And knock it over and screw up my sound as as I'm doing it. Pretty much. So the
0: last word will be be probably me saying, good one, jerk. (laughs) And then it'll just go silent. (laughs)
1: Smooth move, Ferguson.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Well, you made it through the show, babe. (laughs) barely barely
0: (laughs) that's a lung (laughs) god damn man i feel like this has like been the worst year for like all these illnesses yeah not colds usually it's like you know way more high-end luxury you know but to
1: think that after everything you've been through the cold is what derails you the most (laughs) i
0: swear man and this is it you know friday night we were gonna do the show and I was like, going, oh, my God, I'm like, I feel like I have no energy. I just got to lay down. I'm like, tomorrow will be the day. So I lay down. And then, like, yesterday, shot, shot. And then, like, I think at 6 o'clock at night last night, you were like, we could do the show if you want to do the show tonight. Or you can have one more full day of rest. And I'm like, oh, my God, I would give anything for one more full day of rest. I'm sure I'll be okay tomorrow.
1: And you're not, so
0: worse than I was, and I'm like, with all of everything else health wise going on, a cold is the thing that makes us record this show later than any other. I'm like, there's no way a summer cold (laughs) is gonna derail like one of our weeks. Like we are still making our I have a summer cold. Oh Nathan Nathan (laughs) explosion. God damn.
1: All right, your voice is starting to get to me, so.
0: All right, so if you would like to find out more about The High Regard Show, check us out at highregardshow.com. And if you would like to send us any information or any whimsical tales or, yeah, whatever you want, um, send us an email at highregardshow at gmail.com.
1: And as always, you could follow us on every single social media outlet as High Regard Show. Imagine that.
0: And one last thing, as far as the people who wrote in last week um, for the contest, yes, no one came close.
1: No one came close. I
0: want. I'm going to give everybody one more week to run the contest if they want. Okay. To. And we'll just copy and paste the link from last week into this week's show so you can see the video and count. So, how and many he's talking
1: about the video. Um, how many times Tom appears in the Scholastic Muggle Mob video?
0: Yes. And people either guessed like really low, re- there was somebody who was, mm, nope, not even. <laughs> I would say not even close. There was, I would say there was nobody within, st- I'm not going to say the number, but there was nobody in in range of what it should be. So. so
1: we'll put a link in this week's show description and watch the video, count how many times you think you see our very own Tom Rorty and... Email us at highregardshow at gmail.com how many times you think you spot Tom. It and reminds me of, Clinton. like, the skit from, like, Monty Python. Where it was like, spot the loony.
0: <laughs> it literally is spot the loony. Like, yeah,
1: so see how many times you can spot the loony.
0: <laughs> and we have some awesome prizes to we give away. We do And awesome there'll prizes. be more coming, too, down the road. Because I think once we get past our year anniversary, we're going to be... Yeah. You know, having like some pretty cool We got some ideas, yeah. Up, we got so. we
1: got some ideas for stuff for you, peeps.
0: Yes, yeah, so so that's it for the show.
1: Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us.
0: Yes, thank you very much, and we will see you all next week. Have a good week. Good night, everybody. Go fuck yourself on. <laughs> <laughs> nice try.
1: So, said, I got a
2: story for you, what do you thought was your daddy? wow